he's an old man. I mean, he's dead. Hello everybody, welcome to the Manias podcast in the known universe, where we discuss men, their perfect bodies and beautiful smile. As always, I am your host Mist, and I am joined by my lovely co-host, my dear Sleepy Jarrett. Hello, just woke up from a, a nap, just a, a little short nap on my dining room table. I was, I got real drunk last night, dear listeners, and uh, uh, I've been dealing with hangover stuff today, so uh, I'm a little bit sleepy. I didn't sleep good last night. You know, when you get that drunk, you just don't sleep good. You wake up a lot. And we are straight as a pretzel. Not sober as a pretzel. Definitely not. Well, I am. I'm not drinking. I mean, I'm sober. I'm mostly not hungover. You just wish you weren't. I just wish I wasn't hungover. So the gauge agenda for this week is something a little different because we are start trying to start off a series on LGBT rights history. And since most of the history kicks off around 1960s, we decided that this time we will just try to cover everything that happened before that. And turns out there is a lot of history before 1960s, like more than <laughs> 10 years. So this may be a little unstructured, we've tried to look up some stuff, but this will be mostly just a loose conversation. And I will try to make sense of it during the editing process. Good luck. But anyway, how are you? Which is kind of weird to say, because even though we haven't recorded in a month, we have spoken a lot since. Yeah, we still chat pretty much once a week. Uh, there was that week where I was sick that we didn't, but the week that you were sick, we still chatted. We just didn't record. Well, I wasn't sick. I was just... I was sick of life. Ah. Yeah, no, I was sick sick with, you know, grossness and fevers and all of that stuff. I only felt a little bit worse than I have felt today. <laughs> and I'm not sick today, just hungover. So yeah, I, even though I've already said that, that's how I am today. Pretty good, hungover. This is our second conversation of the day, because we had a a long chat, and then you were like, we should take a break. And I was like, that's a good idea, I'm hungry. And then I took a nap. Yeah, it was supposed to be half an hour break. It was more like an hour. Although, to be fair, you did say like a half an hour or an hour, so... No, I did not. Yes, you did. I totally remember you saying that, and even if you didn't, that's my headcanon. Yeah. So, but here we are, yes, going to talk about the, the history of gay stuff. And that sounds fun. So, I was surprised at how much history there was before the Roman Empire, and I guess the Greeks, that had to deal with, well, gay stuff. And you've made this joke like twice now, that's like, it's because you're an American and you guys don't have his real history. And that's true, our history class kind of sucks, and we don't focus on a lot of stuff that I'm sure you do over in whatever history classes you took in Poland, but I was still genuinely surprised how many entries there were before we get to the Greeks and the Romans on this timeline on Wikipedia. So, I just, I'm going to lead with that, the thing I've said twice to you now. 
So do you have uh, things in particular you want to talk about? I mean, you've got uh, several things listed here on our topics list, but... Yeah, but those were... I was listing those as I went through, so I'm not quite sure they will be that meaningful. This list would be that meaningful. I'm just... It's mostly for my own reference. But I think I would like to start with... I have it noticed as androgyny as a common theme in worship and, create, uh, and creation mythology. Because that is one prevalent uh, theme throughout ancient history and ancient religion, or at least as far as we can tell, is that uh, the duality of religion, uh, duality of gender, was perceived somewhat divine. And therefore, there were a lot of deities were considered androgynous, because that was seen as somehow perfection connecting the two genders, the two sexes, which I think is really interesting. Well, in a lot of ancient cultures, you would see things commemorating like women and female anatomy connected to things like bountiful harvest and um, motherhood and love and then many of the male sexual characteristics linked to strength and leadership um, power and particularly at least based on what I remember from like my world history course in college uh, and just some bare bones study I've done on my own uh, the androgyny and sort of the what what would you call it it's not really prehistoric but very early historic uh, accountings of gods the androgynous type gods would be the ones that represented multiple facets of life i wish i would have looked it up before there's a picture i remember from my textbook that was like this statue of like a fat looking woman type figure but that also had like a penis and like big arms and it was they thought that it represented like a combination of fertility and strength and prosperity and they would worship this like god statue really fascinating i mean it looks weird by i guess you would say modern standards just it wasn't cut very artistically you would say like we tend to think of statues being from the greco and roman era but this is a very kind of crudely shaped statue but still there's very clear male and female features on it and they just think it was used to worship, like, for the harvest, and that the men would be strong, and that the women would bear strong children, and things like that. So, I think these ancient cultures, like, in their quest to understand, I think what we would call nowadays, like, gender studies, and things like that, with, with no basic scientific understanding, they're going to attribute all of that stuff to otherworldly, you know, godly influences. And they're going, well, if we're, you know, if the gods made us and women make babies and men tend to generally be physically stronger, like maybe our gods are a combination of both of those things. That's that's the end of my thought. I see you staring at me with your hand, your head in your hand. Are you like thinking of a question or I mean, I suppose if you want to add something or ask to ask a question. Yeah, I just cannot think of anything. So so after that, because those though those things is pretty much uh, all we know 
yeah, you can call it, you totally can call it prehistoric because those, many of those sources come before actually written words. Like from statuettes or even cave paintings as stereotypical as, as it sounds, there are some depictions that, yeah, we can kind of figure out that uh, the duality was, people were really interested in the uh, duality and thought, well, gods are obviously better than humans, how can you make a better human? You just take, you just combine all the best aspects, which is boobs and dicks. <laughs> and butts, but everyone has a butt, so. Yeah. So, uh, when we go into actual... One of the oldest written texts uh, we have is called Code of Hammurabi, I believe, which is like one of the oldest texts, and this is the codification of all the laws of... It's probably Mesopotamia? Babylonia. Yeah, same thing. Or Babylon. Babylon. Not Babylonia. Babylon. There you go. And, however... Uh, I don't think there is uh, there is anything written in there. However, there is Code of Asura, which is slightly younger text, and that thing actually does mention homosexuality. Uh, homosexuality, and he, as you may guess, it is not that great. I, well, I think I have lost that part of the notes, uh, but. I be, uh, but I believe that uh, homosexuality was punishable. Maybe even by death, I would not be surprised. Which I surely should have been better prepared. Just browsing through here. If a man is convicted of homosexuality, then he has to do hard labor for the... So, like, forced work camps. Not as bad as, as sex, but, or as sex, <laughs> not as bad as the death penalty, but uh, still, it feels like a pretty strong punishment. I am afraid to ask about your sex life if you're confusing it with death penalty. It was, it's the same, it's the same penalty for accusing someone of uh, cheating on their spouse. Uh, another thing I found quite interesting about Code As Asura is that it was... One of the only texts from that time and for a really long time where women didn't have it as bad. It compared to biblical law where women had to marry their rapist or were stoned to death, etc. Uh, Code of Asura said that a woman who was raped was not found guilty. Which, well, sounds insane by our standards. Like, why would it even be considered... Uh, uh, taken into consideration, but yeah, that was kind of the standard back then. And unfortunately, Code of Asura was one of the last texts that did not treat women as property. Yeah, I was gonna say, I mean, I think it's pretty common knowledge that way back when women were treated as property, but in case you didn't know, in ancient times, women were more treated like property than people. And that lasted, yeah, that lasted a really long time. Yeah, I think in some cases slaves had more rights than women did. A lot of times it just fell to the husband to decide what to do with his wife. So if he was a good husband, then everything was fine. But if he was a shitty husband, then it was bad times. Very glad I was not alive 
in ancient times. Glad I'm a human alive now. Yeah. Turns out we don't have it as a that bad. Nope. But we still have problems and issues to work through. And another thing uh, you can see at Code of Asura is we are talking, we are trying to talk about LGBT issues, but it was until very recently all we can really say about is how homosexuality amongst men was perceived. Because this is pretty much all that people cared about. Women were, well, as we will discuss in uh, just in a moment, we were, uh, women were are not really considered, like, who would care about female sexuality. And again, homosexuality was pretty much synonymous with sodomy because... And this is something that is still prevalent in some... Among some people, like... When they hear about some homosexuality, the only thing they uh, they can think of is two men having sex, like really gay sex, the gayest of sexes. Yep. So uh, what next? I think we will move into like ancient Rome and Greece. Yeah, yeah, that's probably the next best place to go. Which, like I said before, like. This is where I expected to start seeing anything about it, period. But no, there's there's a decent chunk above this where things happen. And there's some recorded history. But, I mean, the Romans pretty much just didn't give a fuck. There were certain Roman emperors that made a couple of decrees about things. But in general, in Rome, as long as you did whatever your societal duty was, nobody cared who you fucked or did stuff with in any respect i mean affairs were rampant in roman culture and history like you married for status or had an arranged marriage for political purposes and then you had an affair for love and as long as that affair didn't interfere with things nobody really cared there's quite a bit of historical text that reflects that um right off hand i'm not pulling anything up to mind but i read several roman um like, I've read Caligula, and I've read a couple of other Roman-esque novels and historical accounts. And these people are just like, yeah, so-and-so was totally having an affair with this guy or this girl. But it's okay, because he kept it quiet and, you know, presented whole as a political figure. And so it's fine. I think if they kept it quiet we wouldn't talk about it today but still well i mean like they didn't just like flaunt it that's what i mean they're not like yeah they were tasteful about their affairs right but the the romans did acknowledge lesbians as opposed to just gay men uh when the volcano exploded in pompeii and covered everything in ash and preserved it uh people archaeologists going in have uncovered what are they're pretty positive or brothels that have pictures of men having sex with men and women having sex with women uh, in in addition to uh, just lots of pornographic images of men having sex with women so they clearly acknowledged that that was a thing and that you could receive services for the romans had a really positive approach 
to sex and sexuality. Like, we like to think of ourselves as being, in, in the modern era, in general, as being, like, very progressive and understanding and accepting, but the Romans beat us to the punch. I mean, they had their own issues, too, but they were cool with it. They were cool with brothels, too. They just paid their taxes. I think the words you are looking for is pragmatic. Pragmatic. That's a, that is exactly the word I'm looking for. Thank you. I like that word. It's a good word. And here we can start to see some interesting context because we have some accounts about mostly romance uh, written by romans and we also have accounts on romance written by Christian historians. And even if they are saying the same thing, they are obviously saying it in a very different way. Like, most people have heard about Nero, one of the Roma, uh, Roman emperors, and most people know him as a bloodthirsty murderer who was... who had it set out for Christians, just wanted nothing to murder them, etc, etc. Uh, for the last part, well, I'm not sure you, if you can argue with it. I would also would be careful to trust uh, the accounts written by potential victims. Uh, as far as I know, well, the Christians were not that great either at the time. And, well, then you can see how they... Be well, they weren't much better than later when they actually got in power, so the only thing stopping them from going to crusades in the 3rd century was just lack of people interested. And what I was quite surprised to find is that Nero had couple male lovers and people actually liked him for that. Like, actual romance, it was perceived as a good thing because that made him appear as a caring person and empathetic emperor which is just such a bizarre thing to learn about uh, after having all the information we know about him from uh, Christian sources, which if they even mention it, just mention it as a depravity. Yeah. I mean, Nero is is well-renowned for being uh, a bit a bit violent, but there's a lot of interesting stories. I remember years ago I watched a special on the History Channel about him, like one of those like back when they actually made shows that weren't Pawn Stars, and it was they were like examining myths, and there was a lot of stuff that's been attributed to Nero that it could be possible, but there's no historical evidence to support it, and he did some pretty positive things for Rome, and this was one of them, having male lovers and just being very very pragmatic and. Yeah, it's it's the whole perspective. What perspective are you viewing history through? I mean, really, whenever Christianity gets involved with this sort of thing, it's, it's when it really starts to go to shit. I mean, that's kind of our focus because that's the religions that we're most exposed to. I know that Islam has had a very negative view of homosexuals since the beginning, although their rela religion is much younger in comparison to Christianity or Judaism. So... I mean, they were, Islam was founded in, what year was it, in the 500s? 
I think 600s. In the 600s. So after a lot of Judeo-Christian ideas had propagated around in the Middle East, then Islam spouts up and has a lot of ideas based on those ancient Judeo-Christian ideas. So it already was heavily influenced by by their views on homosexuality. Having read both the Bible and Quran, they are not really that much different. They even have common history, common historical uh, figures. The fact that uh, if something most people don't know about is that Jesus is a Islamic prophet in yep. Quran. Yep. And most, many Christians really don't want to know it. Yeah. Mo- most Christians, in my experience, whenever you share that with them, are like, what? No, that's not real. You don't know what you're talking about. Hashtag not my Jesus. <laughs> At one point in time in, in my life, I did actually carry around a Quran, and I would show people, like, whenever we'd have that conversation, like, nope, it's right here, see? Yeah. And then they'd get really mad at me. Because if you get really mad, facts will go away. Absolutely. If you get mad enough, the, the facts don't matter anymore. But, uh, yeah, so it's always been a problem in Islam. Um, I'm actually not sure how most Eastern religions feel about homosexuality. I feel like they wouldn't care. Yeah, I was trying to look it up someday, and they didn't really care at all. Uh, Looks like in Hinduism, it's gone back and forth, just like very briefly reading. The a Wikipedia page. Uh, it looks like Buddhism doesn't specifically condemn homosexuality, just sexual misconduct, which most seem to interpret as like cheating on your significant other or doing depraved things. Yeah, cool. So most Eastern religions seem. Oh no, nope, nope. Taoism doesn't care. Confucianism believes that homosexuality or homosexuality or discourages homosexuality because because it believes is not believed to lead to human fulfillment interesting as far as i can tell uh, most eastern religions well they were aiming at self-improvement so uh, their position was either that homosexuality is bad because sexuality is bad or homosexuality is good because sexuality leads to happiness. So it just wasn't, it was rarely explicitly mentioned because it wasn't perceived as anything that meaningful to be distinguished from the regular conduct. <laughs> if I ever decide to go back to a religion, I think I'm going to go be Wiccan. Everything that is an act of love and pleasure is good sweet i don't really need a religion to believe that i don't either i was making a joke i consider myself a humanism a humanist so just whatever makes people happy and that is the most important thing yep so since we made the jump to christianity do you want to go ahead to the middle ages well thanks to christianity nothing really happened until the middle ages yeah, yeah. Uh, up until 
oh gosh, the 15, the 1600s. Yeah, 15, 1600s. If they found out that you were homosexual, they would torture and kill you. There's some really nasty torture devices specifically that they used on on homosexuals. And it was real bad, guys. It was real bad. Did not look fun. In 1400s, like we have the first signs of feminism where in France, women finally get equal rights by the by an annex to an existing law saying that yes, they can also be tortured for being gay. So that's good. Equality, I guess. <laughs> we can all suffer together. Yeah. Just reading throughout the uh, reading throughout the pages. Did anything happen until 18th 19th century because all I can see is all I can see is more and more countries uh, outlawing homosexuality and nothing else happening. Yeah, no, not really, not really anything. I mean, there was some stuff that's been said about maybe like some of the more popular Renaissance era figures like Da Vinci or my brain just left me Romeo and Juliet and all of that stuff. Who wrote all of those things? Just leave this in here and everyone can call me dumb because I forgot that all of a sudden. Shakespeare. Shakespeare. Fucking Shakespeare. There there's, has been some stuff that believe that he might have been gay or that Da Vinci was and that they had like some explicitly gay texts in their, like some of their art and in their writings and then the other Renaissance painters, you know, the Ninja Turtle guys. That's, that's a joke. I, I do... Anyways, that there's a lot of uh, there that there's some potential gay overtones in the things that they've done, but I mean, there's no at least that I'm aware of. There's no definitive evidence. It's just stuff that people have said might be a thing. So aside from that, and a lot more places saying that or outlawing homosexual behavior, yeah, nothing really happened until the what the 19th, 20th centuries. We kind of skipping all the years at around at the start of 19th century homosexuality is outlawed in most of Europe and the United States well it looks like in the year 1830 Brazil decriminalized homosexual acts yeah I saw that this is where you in the 19th century they start going back and forth like some countries decriminalize it then they criminalize it back uh, one interesting thing is that i will go back poland is one of the few countries that never criminalized homosexuality which is again something that kind of surprised me like the fact well surprised like the fact poland was is one of the few countries where if no restrictions on donating uh, blood donations from gay men Poland was never was one of the few countries that never had any sodomy laws. There were laws against sodomy on the terrain of Poland, but in the years that there was no Poland, because it was occupied by other countries. And it was actually, I don't know if you know that that from 1795 until 1980, Poland did not actually exist didn't know that 
Is that like it's a technically didn't exist, or it really like didn't exist, but we say that it did because of reasons? Uh, basically, all of the Poland was divided between Russia, Prussia, and uh, Hungary. They just signed some papers that said, "Yeah, you are now part of our countries," and it wasn't that fantastic. But to be honest, it wasn't that fantastic either because, well, the very reason it even happened is that Polish nobility just sold its own country for profit. Sounds like an American thing to do. Are you a secret American? Do I look like one? No, I don't think so. You haven't seen my gun rack. <laughs> I mean, out of the two of us, I'm not the one with a case full of guns in the background. It's not a case. It's a safe. To keep my guns safe. Actually, it's to keep my kid safe so that he doesn't get my guns. Or my wife's guns. Because she has guns too. Of course she does. At what age will kid uh, will King he uh, have his own guns? Like 16, 18? I don't know. It's a good question. Probably 18. Or actually, though, actually, I have no idea what the laws are. Uh, it depends on where you go in the United States. Uh, in Tennessee, you can legally own and carry a gun at sixteen. You can get a permit to carry a gun or to conceal a carry. You can get a permit to carry a concealed weapon at 18. And at 21, you can get a special permit that lets you carry assault weapons. Which is also the year people can legally drink. Yay. I don't, I don't think anybody needs an assault weapon. Like... I'm okay with people having handguns for defense and shotguns and rifles for hunting, but nobody needs a fully automatic weapon. When I say rifle, I mean like hunting rifle, not like, I don't know, sniper rifle or something like that. Bazooka. Yeah. In some states, you can, in the, in the United States, in some states, you can legally own flamethrowers and artillery pieces. Remind me to never visit your country again. I know someone who owns a cannon, like a legit, honest-to-God, military surplus cannon. An actual modern cannon, like an artillery piece? Okay, because if somebody owned like a front-loaded... I know, he owns one of the... he owns one of those too. <laughs> He's modified that one. It shoots um, empty fire extinguishers that they load, like that they pour concrete into. That's what the front-loaded cannon shoots. And then he's got a surplus... I think it's from the Korean War. It might be from the Vietnam War. Uh, he's got a surplus artillery piece. And if you think that like this one little gun safe is like a lot of guns, he's got one that's like two or three times bigger than that one. And then he's got two that are that size. He's got probably 40 or 50 guns. See, that's too many. That's too many. I have two. I have one that I use for target practice that shoots 22 caliber bullets which are like really teeny tiny they're super cheap and then i have this one that i carry for personal defense and you're probably thinking that's too many yeah i just have pepper spray and hope for the best difference in culture yeah
difference in culture. You know, some people just don't have any culture. <laughs> Where were we? Yeah, so I'm looking at 19th century, because this is, as Jared mentioned, uh, when some countries start going back on the sodomy laws. And by the end of 19th century, or at least I hope, because I'm still looking for the correct line as I'm saying that, there is actual research, which is something... Oh, yeah. Uh, 1894, our friend Alfred Kinsey. Woohoo! Which we have talked about in the very first episode, maybe even. Yeah, we did a whole episode on the Kinsey scale, I think. It was one of the first ones. Uh, episode 2. He's an old man. I mean, he's dead at this point, but <laughs> he's, he's an old guy. He's born in the 1800s. Yeah. Yeah, and also in 1897, the first homosexual rights group was formed in uh, in England. Yeah. I was also going to mention that uh, we have the modern vocabulary is coming into use. For example, there is this little piece called Psychopatia Sexualis, which I thought would be something interesting to read, but basically they only define different aspects of sexuality as the first, for example, use of the words bisexual and heterosexual, uh, but they pretty much only define it to immediately condemn it as an act against God's will, etc. You know... If God is real, I I hope he's the gayest person ever. That would be so wonderful. It's like you die and you go to heaven and God's there. And he's just like decked out in like rainbow clothes and he's painted his nails. And he looks at all the pretty boys first. That would just be like a huge fuck you. But yeah, I'm not going to disagree with you because there is actual recordings of me saying I'm more of a Jesus kind of guy. I bet you are more of a Jesus kind of guy. Wink. Just Google Jesus and tell me he's not cute. I mean, yeah, all of the pictures and paintings that people have come up with for what Jesus looks like, he's a pretty good looking dude. Yeah, and I have a thing for dudes with beards. Me too! Except you have a beard. And I've just shaved in shame. Oh, if you Google Jesus, like, one page below, there is a picture of Jesus with a rainbow flag on top of it. Jesus Christ Superstar. And it's from article Was Jesus Gay? <laughs> I mean, he never married, so take it as you will. Was Jesus gay? <laughs> <laughs> Was Jesus gay? Probably. <laughs> from The Guardian. I have an article from Vice. According to one uh, theologian, Jesus was both a top and a bottom. Well, I mean, he is, you know, all-powerful, so why not? I'm going to have to do some reading. Seven Reasons Jesus Was Gay. Thoughtcatalog.com. I've never heard of this website, but they've got seven reasons why Jesus was gay. And if there's anything BuzzFeed has taught me, it's that these lists are all-powerful. Yeah. Almost as powerful as gay Jesus. Uh... Have you seen have you seen American Gods? No. I told you to watch it. You did, and I haven't gotten around to it yet. Because there is a scene where there are a lot of Jesuses. 
and I'm pretty sure at least every third was gay. Is it a gaggle of Jesuses, or would it be a flock of Jesus? I think gaggle of Jesus is pretty good. It has to, There has to be alliteration. <laughs> oh, seven reasons why Jesus is gay. The, the reason number one, he hangs out with 12 male apostles. Number two, these 12 men all went by their full names. This is something that gay men are notorious for. If Judas was in the vagina, he would have gone by Judd. Matthew would have been Matt, and Thomas would have been Tom. That's it. That's it. Case closed. Jesus was gay, guys. <laughs> His first miracle was turning water into wine. Pfft, please, wine. A straight male would have made that shit in a Bud Light and called it a day. But Jesus had class and taste. That was not funny. Oh. Oh. History state... Our historian states that Jesus was a craftsman. For the sake of my theory, I'm saying that craftsman was really the ancient day term for interior designer. This is terrible. Also, he kissed a lot of dudes. Yeah, this is about on par with a BuzzFeed list, so it, it must be true. I'm not really sure what this has to do with what we're talking about, but... Well, we were talking about religion previously. True, true. And things would go really different if Jesus was indeed gay. Indeed. Make gay marriage compulsory. <laughs> Plus he would be fabulous. Oh, yeah. Uh, do you want to tackle the, the 20th century, or do you want to save that for next time? Well, I wanted to go through it, but I think the best idea is we maybe do actual research? Yeah. Because I can already hear how rambling we were. Because we were supposed to record it three, four weeks ago, and I've more already m forgotten most of what I was trying to say. Yeah, that's fair. So we'll we'll let's call it quits on that for today. We'll do some more research for night for next time. Maybe t maybe tackle between 1900 to 1960. When we get to the 60s, we'll have to slow down. And then we can go decade by decade. Yeah, that's probably good. And maybe even slower after in the 21st century? Yeah, maybe even year by year. Yeah. We'll just have to see. I hope I can salvage this one. And then when we get to 2017, we'll go day by day. Probably not. And release it every week. <laughs> this week in gay news. Okay. So shall we wrap? What are we going to rap about? I don't really... I, did, I didn't grow up in the hood, so I don't really know how this works. It's just like, do you move your hands like this a lot? And that makes you a rapper? I feel kind of like I'm just like halfway trying to jerk off. Like, I need to close all the way. Now I'm now I'm jerking it. Gold old podcast visual content. If this was only... I was going to say, if only this was a visual medium, you could see me making jerking motions. I wonder, do most people listen... Like, watching, listening to your stuff, know what you look like? I don't know. I mean, there's pictures of me out there that exist. Yeah. But I don't know. I can just relay all those beautiful facial features. Right now he's smiling in a really <laughs> creepy way. I don't want that smile anywhere near me. That was That was a more natural smile. Yeah, I know. I like that one. Now I'm, now I'm double jerking it. I've got these two dicks right here. Ah.
Sorry, I'll stop. We can wrap up now. I need to go take some some allergy medicine. You can shoot us an email at straightpretzel at gmail.com or send a tweet to at straightpretzel. All of this plus more can be found at straightpretzel.wordpress.com. Our intro music is Disco Meduse by Kevin McLeod, provided free of charge on Creative Commons license. Find out more by incompetech.com. We are powered by Internet Archive Free Hosting. Remember, if your would go gay for list is longer than five people, you ain't straight, but you're in great company. Stay, Stay fabulous! fabulous.